0: Welcome, everyone, to the Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Crawley. And yeah, we're going to start with the big report yesterday from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. That is the Consumer Price Index for July. And well, it wasn't good. It was not good at all. In fact, the forecast, you would think, would have been pretty easy to meet. They were expecting a small drop, 0.1% and they couldn't even meet that. In fact, inflation stayed elevated at 5.4%. Now, there is some good news in this report because the month-to-month data actually showed a slight decline, and we'll talk about why that number didn't move, though, and it has to do with the coronavirus and the base effects and all that good stuff, but let's jump into the numbers. Start with, of course, month-over-month, the consumer price index for all urban consumers increased 0.5% in July, which is down from the 0.9% increase that we saw in June. Year over year, of course, we saw a the index remain elevated at 5.4%, missing the forecasts of a slight drop to 53 Now, it should be noted that the index for all items, less food and energy, did actually see its growth rate slow, To 4.3% from 4.5% in June. But the reality is, consumer prices remain elevated in almost every single category. I think the only one that didn't, the only category that it actually uh, saw a decline was, I think, medical supplies or something along those lines. Everything else was up. And the categories where we saw the most. Year over year appreciation. Of course, oil prices continue to lead the way up 41.8% year over year, followed by used cars and trucks at 41.7%. Commodities were up 8.5%, and new vehicles and transportation services tied for number four at 6.4%. Now, interestingly enough, transportation services saw the biggest drop in their growth rate month over month down 173%. Apparel was down 100%. Used cars and trucks were down 98%. Commodities, 77%, and services down 25%. Now, like I said, how is all of this possible? Well, it's because... We, you know, the last couple of months, we've seen some significant increases. And so what we're seeing is some normalization, but we're also dealing with the fact that even though things drop for the month, it all depends on where we were a year ago and things were still pretty heavily locked down and it was just not, it wasn't a great time. And so the fact that even though we're seeing month over month slowing, That's not coming across in the overall data. Heather Long from the Washington Post said on Twitter, yes, some of this is short-lived problems. Used car prices are up 42%, but note that shelter costs and restaurant prices are also moving up. I mean, that's one of the scary factors. Some of the shelter inflation that we're seeing with rents and with just housing costs, that's still not priced into the market completely. And so even though we are gonna see a drop in used cars, used car prices, as she mentions, what happens when the shelter costs start going up? That's a much bigger part of the equation, will have a much bigger impact. And so while it is hopeful that the growth for some major categories saw decline month over month, it wasn't enough to have a significant impact on the overall inflation rate. And here's the reality, we are getting to the year over year point where it's going to be harder and harder to make this base effect, which is what Jerome Powell keeps arguing. And if inflation remains elevated, the Fed is going to be forced to act whether the labor market agrees or not. I mean, so even if that labor market is not where Jerome Powell wants, we just can't have 4 or 5% inflation. So unless we see a significant decline over these next few months, something's going to happen with the Fed. I mean, they're not really going to have much of a choice. I mean, they might let it go all the way until the end of the year, but if we're still seeing over 4% inflation, especially over 5 yeah, they're going to have to do something, especially when those shelter costs really start kicking in. So here's some good news. Sorry about the bad news to start the pod. Here's some good news. Mortgage demand jumps 2.8% for the week. According to data from the Mortgage Bankers Association's weekly survey, not surprisingly, refis leading the way, jumping 3% week to week. But now, if you remember last year, things were going starting to get crazy in the housing sector. They're still down 8% from the same week one year ago. Purchases were barely up 1%. And compared to last year, they are down somewhat significantly down 18% from the same time a year ago. And because of that, the refinance share of mortgage activity increased to 68% of total applications up from 67.6% the previous week. And so what's causing this increase in refis? Rates, 100%. But here's what's kind of fascinating, is that for the first time in three weeks, mortgage rates actually increased but they're still under three percent. The thirty-year fixed, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association, their average contract rate increased just two basis points to two point nine nine percent. So yes, they're under three, and this is actually lower than a year ago when we were at three point oh six. And the fifteen-year fixed also moved up two basis points to two point three five percent, which is down from last year two point six seven percent. So what really what we're seeing? another refi boom. Now, how long will this last? Well, depends on how long rates stay at around 3%, because there is a psychological effect that we've heard some economists talk about when it comes to deciding you're going to refi. And so if you're at, you know, you're above 3%, and even if you were at like 4%, Hearing that rates are under three is just like, I want to refi. <laughs> like, who doesn't want to get a rate under 3%? So, I do think there's a psychological component. So, if rates do move back over three, you could see a slowdown with regards to refis. But then we could see purchases pick up because we, we keep hearing about how this housing market is starting to cool off. That will give some of those wannabe buyers options, and we may see the purchase index really kick in. Now, as the housing market may be somewhat cooling down, the rental market is just taken off. In fact, uh Diana Olek over at CNBC said bidding wars aren't just for buyers anymore. She says that bidding wars are becoming more common in the rental home market as demand for apartments and single-family rentals are surging and outpacing supply. So, why is this happening? Well, we got two main reasons. One, As the economy improves, which it is, a little slower than maybe we thought, but it is, workers are moving out of shared living situations and they're looking for their own places. Now on top of that, the housing market has gotten so expensive that many would-be buyers have been priced out of the market and so they are forced to rent instead of buy. So you have all these people who can't buy or don't want to, and they're looking to rent, so what you're seeing is kind of what was happening with the housing market. a Lot of demand, not a ton of supply. And as demand surges, supply is struggling to catch up. This, of course, means higher prices. In July, rents nationally rose 7% year-over-year for a one-bedroom apartment, and up 8.7% for a two-bedroom apartment. And should also be noted that this is also happening with the eviction moratorium which is depressing inventory levels even lower. So yeah, now all of a sudden as the housing market somewhat cools off, you are now seeing a heating up rental market. And if you want to read the full piece by Diana Olick, you can of course subscribe to our companion newsletter at marketsandmortgages.com. Now, what do we got going on today? Well, later today, we, of course, are going to get the mortgage rate data from Freddie Mac. We'll compare that to the Mortgage Bankers Association and see what's going on with mortgage rates, at least from a at what's going on with the average mortgage rate. That's what we're looking at those are really the two best data points. Mortgage Bankers Association and Freddie Mac. And then, or I should say, this will actually be happening earlier. We have the data, once again, from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the Price Producer Index. So we'll see what's going on. A little bit more inflation data for us to uh, cry ourselves to sleep with. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you. I the only one that does that? Okay, fine. All right, we got to go. You guys enjoy your Thursday. We'll be back here tomorrow morning. And as always... Do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.